I believe that a joyful leader is actually more productive, builds highly effective teams, has a happier marriage and family, has greater impact, and is ultimately more fulfilled in their life than those who chase prestige and promotion. Welcome to Dreamers and Disciples. I'm really glad you've joined us today because I want to share with you the 10 commandments of a joyful leader. Now, I know these are not on the same level as the 10 commandments that God gave Moses on Mount Sinai, but I will say that these 10 commandments of a joyful leader are things that I have put into practice in my life. They're based on biblical principles. They're based on the latest research and science, and they have all served as I put them into practice to give me greater fulfillment, greater joy, help me find greater meaning in the small moments of life, as well as the deeper work that God has called me to do. So I'm excited to share them with you because this really represents a new focus for me in my ministry and in this next season of life. So make sure you make it to the end of the episode to get all 10 of these commandments because I think they're gonna help you out a lot. Like I said, I've been praying and seeking God a lot over the last few months in order to clarify my sense of purpose and mission and vision for what God has called me to do and what I feel like He's put on my heart to say. And I feel like He's given me a lot of clarity here at the beginning of 2024. In fact, I can boil it down to one statement, and that is, I want to help you as a leader build a private life that empowers your public platform. Because here's the danger, you can build something that looks impressive and helps a lot of people, but still be miserable on the inside. You can do a lot of good for others while doing a lot of damage to yourself and your family and those closest to you. And eventually it will catch up to you. No matter how good it looks on the outside, your inner world will always affect and catch up with your outer world. I've seen the same story play out countless times now in Christian leaders, both in the church and in the corporate world, where these leaders feel disconnected from God, uh, have shallow relationships, neglect their health, and have unhealthy cultures on their team, and honestly just live scared. And the scary thing is, they don't even realize it. And I know this because I've been there at times in my own life where I was doing a lot of good that looked impressive, but on the inside, I felt this lack of intimacy with God. I felt this, honestly, this low-grade anxiety that was always present. And I was on the verge, I believe, of burnout. But thankfully, the Lord intervened in my life and in my heart And he put me on a path of joy, as simple as that sounds, of rediscovering how to form joy where I'm at and not always search for it in some other accomplishment or something else that's further down the field in my own life. I think this is a common struggle, though, for leaders because leaders are constantly striving for what's next to build something. And sometimes they're working so hard at that because they know how to win at that. And maybe you know how to win at that but you're not sure how to win at home. You're not sure how to win in your personal life. You're not sure what it even looks like to make progress in your relationship with God and to to grow as a person. That's why I wanna help leaders build a private life 
that empowers your public platform because your health, the health of your soul, the health of your spirit, the health of your your family, your health and integrity when no one's looking, it impacts a lot more people than just you. I've been able to guide worship leaders through this similar process over the last two decades to build a healthy inner world, to build a healthy private life. And really, there's no difference between your private life and your public life because it's all connected. But what is done in your family, in your home, in your personal rhythms and routines, that's the foundation that everything else is built on. If that foundation is strong, then everything else will be strong. But if that foundation is weak, everything else crumbles. And so I've been able to help worship leaders do this. And over the past two years or so, God has given me more and more of a passion to help leaders with any type of public platform who are Christians who want to make an impact through their life. They want to help people. They want to do great things, but they don't want to sacrifice their own peace, their own joy, their own relationship with God and others in the process. So I want to help you avoid burnout. I want to help you prevent future regret. And honestly, I want to help you joyfully carry the calling that God has on your life. Now, I know what some of you are thinking when I use words like public influence and public platform, because you automatically think of a stage, someone who stands on a stage and they preach or they sing or they lead, they cast vision. Or maybe you're thinking about someone who has influence through a screen on their phone because they have a large social media following. And you're like, hey, I don't stand on a stage. I don't have a large social media following. What kind of platform do I have? And while those are very obvious platforms, I want to challenge you to to really look at your own life and realize that you have a platform as well. It might be the fact that you're a manager at your company. It might be you're a team leader at your church. It might be your kids who look up to you. It could be the fact that you're a faithful employee at your job and you have relational influence because of your character and integrity. I want to make sure you leverage that platform the right way because of how connected you are to the things that matter in your own heart. In all of it, how you lead yourself will dramatically impact how you lead and love other people. You are the most important person you lead and also the most difficult person that you lead. So I want us to learn how to lead ourselves well. And as you learn to lead yourself well, I believe you will have more joy in your life because when you're constantly chasing and striving after the next thing, the next trophy, the next accomplishment, the next word of validation, we're really striving for that to fill a void within us, to find something that makes us feel significant or special or important. But when we can find that from a better source, a deeper source, the true source of all joy, which is Jesus, and the things that matter and are most important to Him, I believe it changes our fulfillment. I believe it changes our level of impact. And I believe the world will take notice because right now when you think of leadership, joy is usually not the word that's associated with that. It might be uh, a harsh leader, anxious leader, distant leader, scared leader, burned out leader. But I think we see a picture in scripture of what it looks like to be a joyful leader. And I actually think, you know, we hear the word joy sometimes and we think that means soft or passive or not ambitious enough. And I don't think that's the case at all. I actually think a joyful leader with a healthy life, a healthy soul, and a healthy family is more effective and more fulfilled than any type of leadership that the world teaches as the best way to lead.
I think it will actually empower your public platform when you can lead from a place of joy. So here's my my thesis. Here is what I believe. And I, I really want us to lean in on this in this next season of the podcast. And I'm actually going to start a whole coaching mentorship program around this. I believe that a joyful leader is actually more productive, builds highly effective teams, has a happier marriage and family, has greater impact, and is ultimately more fulfilled in their life than those who chase prestige and promotion. Hear me loud and clear on this. You don't have to miss the moments that make a great life while trying to build a great ministry or a great business. I want you to stop living a small life while trying to make a big impact. The life God has for you is so much bigger than just external accomplishments that are attached to a paycheck or attached to a number on your Instagram account or attached to some award or some recognition. There is so much that can fulfill you if you just stop and see what God has placed all around you. Simply put, in this podcast journey together in this next season, I want to help you avoid burnout. Like I said, I want you to prevent future regret, looking back on your life and saying, man, I chased the wrong thing. I went after the wrong goal or the wrong definition of success. I want you to prevent that kind of regret. And I want you to love the journey that God has you on. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanna personally invite you to join my new mentorship. This is the Joyful Leader Mentorship. It's a journey to help Christians with a public platform avoid burnout and find deeper fulfillment in their private lives. I wanna help us tackle three of the biggest problems that I've faced myself as a leader, and I've seen so many other leaders face, but I know that we can be transformed in these areas as we become more and more of a joyful leader. Number one, we're gonna look at imposter syndrome and how to move from that to a more confident identity. Second, I wanna look at competing priorities where there are so many different demands on your time as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend, as a leader, providing financially for your family. How do you make it all work without dropping one of the plates that just can't drop? So we're gonna learn how to move from competing priorities to a unified focus, how to integrate those priorities into your life. And finally, we're gonna look at the problem of unsatisfied ambition. Now, ambition is a good thing, but when it's an unsatisfied ambition, where we feel like we're constantly having to prove ourselves or to be successful or to look like we're successful, it is trying to fill a void inside of us where we are the center of our own company. We're the center of our own dream. We're the center of our own ministry. And we need to learn how to move from that to diversified satisfaction, where we can be satisfied in how we raise other people up and how we empower the people that God has called us to influence and called us to lead. So if you wanna know more about the Joyful Leader Mentorship, just go to wayjoy.com forward slash the Joyful Leader or check the link in the show notes and YouTube description. All right, back to the show. So with all that context now, I wanna share with you the 10 commandments of a joyful leader. But before I do that, I just wanna give you a scripture that I think paints the picture of what that life looks like. And then these 10 commandments are more of the roadmap to get there. How do you actually form that type of character, that type of heart? What kind of practices do you need to have in place? And so I I found this scripture in November of 2023 I was praying about this whole concept of the joyful leader. I was praying through 
what this mentorship program could look like. And I told a few people about it, but I remember sitting on my back porch and I was reading through the Psalms and I came to Psalm 112 and I immediately just started like texting all of my friends that knew I was thinking about this. I called my wife in because it felt like Psalm 112 jumped off the page. And I was like, this is the picture of the type of people that the world needs to see in leaders. This is the type of people that can love the life that God has given them, can build a great legacy, but can also not miss the moments that matter in life. This is how we line our heart up with God's heart for leadership and for the world. So I wanna read this to you and then I'll quickly give you the 10 commandments and we'll keep it quick because we're gonna lean into these a lot over the next couple of months, both in interviews and teachings like this. But here is Psalm 112, and this is the New Living Translation version. It says, praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. The wicked will see this and be infuriated. They will grind their teeth in anger. They will slink away their hopes thwarted. Now, I know it kind of ends on a downer there with that last verse, but I really think that's important because I think the type of life that we are called to live and the way that we are meant to let our light shine brightly by following in the way of Jesus and living out his life and his priorities and the change that the Holy Spirit makes within us, it is such a stark contrast to what the rest of the world esteems as important and the way the rest of the world says, this is how you get to the top, that I think it almost makes them angry. Like what, I don't even understand this type of life. But at the same time, I think that type of life is attractive to people and they wanna know the source. So with that being said, and that's the picture of the change that God can produce in us, uh, both through his spirit, but then also through us making room for that change through the right practices and the right priorities. Here are the 10 commandments of a joyful leader. Number one, thou shalt be present. So intentionally invest your time in the people and the priorities that matter, starting with God, then yourself and your own health, then your family, your closest relationships, and then your team, the people that you lead in your church or in your business, but make sure your heart aligns with the priorities of God and be present to those people first and then to your purpose and what matters to the Lord. Number two, thou shalt be grateful. You see a lot of that in Psalm 112, but this is where we thank God for what he's given you to manage and you show your gratitude, not by hiding the gift, but by using those gifts by being a good steward, a good manager with what God has entrusted to you. So be grateful. Number three, thou shalt be generous. We need to give wisely and abundantly, those two go hand in hand, of your time, 
your resources, and your encouragement. Generosity, yes, it's about money, but it's also about your words and how generous you are with how you show love to people, how you encourage people, how you value them. It's with your time too and how are you selfish with your time or do you give generously of that as well? Number four, thou shalt be a champion. This is one of my favorite. I know you're not supposed to have favorites out of these 10, but this one is one of mine. And that is where you aim to be more excited about what God does through others than what he does through you. This is one of the best ways to get rid of entitlement, to get rid of envy, to get rid of bitterness in your own heart. And that is by pushing someone else to the forefront because entitlement and joy can't go hand in hand. Bitterness and joy can't go hand in hand. Jealousy and joy do not work together. But when we can push someone else to the front, that makes your heart good soil for joy to take root in and grow. That leads to number five, thou shalt have fun. And this might not seem like it should make the top 10 list, but I think we need to be more disciplined about actually having fun, enjoying the life that God has given you. So don't take yourself too seriously. Stay curious, continue to learn, and make time for the things that are fun for you. Make time for laughter and make time for what you love. I think it honors God when we enjoy the life He's blessed us with. The next one, number six, is thou shalt be connected. This is where you invest in and you serve both your local church, but also your local community. So you're out there, you're involved, you are relational, you are connected with people because you can't have a joyful life when you isolate yourself, when you withdraw. You need other people. You need a community to grow with in faith, and you need to be out there in your community being a witness and, and loving the people that Jesus loves so your light can shine brightly. Number seven, thou shalt be active. You need to become a better steward of your body, of your mind, of your energy. I think sometimes we think our anxiety or our frustration or the fact that we've just been in a slump for a while emotionally is because of the job that we're in or the circumstances around us. But sometimes it's because our diet is trash. Sometimes it's because we don't exercise. Sometimes it's because we stay up so late watching TV and we don't get adequate sleep. So sometimes your joy is directly related to your physical health and happiness. And actually, I wouldn't even say sometimes. I would say all the time it's connected because you are a whole person. You're not split into the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. It's all one you, and it all affects each other. So to be a joyful leader and to have a joyful life, you must learn to take care of yourself and steward the resource of your body that God has given you. Number eight, thou shalt be courageous. This is about being ambitious and passionate about God's purpose and your unique call to live that purpose out. And then to refuse to let the fear of man or the fear of the unknown stop you. So sometimes we think ambition and contentment can't go hand in hand, but I think we need to be ambitious about the things that matter to God. I think we need to be ambitious about the gifts that God has given us and multiplying those as we see it all throughout Jesus's teachings. So be courageous about living out what God has put in your heart to do. Number nine, thou shalt be consistent. So I want you to commit to make the right heart choice and faithfully do the right thing in all circumstances because joy is formed not just in the big dramatic events of life, the big highs, but it's formed every day 
step by step as you faithfully build a life and faithfully obey Jesus and faithfully make your heart good ground for the Holy Spirit to work in. So consistency isn't flashy, but consistency is vital to form joy in your life and on your teams and in your family. Anybody that interacts with you is a beneficiary of your consistency. And then number 10, and I think this kind of sums it all up, thou shalt never stop dreaming. If you are cultivating a life that trusts God, that honors God, that loves other people, that is taking care of yourself, I believe that you are creating the space to live with great expectation that God is always at work in your life. Your mind is clear, your eyes are clear, your heart is clear, and you are dreaming about new ways that God can use you. You're dreaming about, God, how do you wanna use me in the things that are just the everyday moments of life? You're not wishing that away for the future. You're expecting it day in and day out. So those are the 10 commandments of a joyful leader. These have all been very helpful in my life, and I'm by no means a master at all 10. There's sometimes I'm doing really great in some, not so great in others, but I'm trying to align my heart with the picture that I find in Psalm 112. I'm trying to align my heart and my life with these practices, and I want to encourage you to do the same. So I want to read them just quickly, just the thou shalt statements one more time, and I want you to try to find yourself in these. Where are you strong? Where are you weak? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? And then I'd love to hear about it too. I wanna hear in the comments on the YouTube video, maybe a review on Apple Podcasts. You can let me know on Instagram. But right now, ask God, which of these do you need to pay attention to? So thou shalt be present, thou shalt be grateful, thou shalt be generous, thou shalt be a champion, thou shalt have fun, thou shalt be connected, Thou shalt be active, thou shalt be courageous, thou shalt be consistent, and thou shalt never stop dreaming. Remember, joy is formed where you are now. It's not found where you are not. And I believe God wants to give you a joyful life. I believe whatever platform you have and have been entrusted with, you can be a joyful leader, no matter your circumstances. So like I said, let me know what spoke to you. We'll be diving deeper into these practices and then coming months on the podcast. And so subscribe, make sure you don't miss an episode. And then I want to let you know too, that I'm launching the Joyful Leader Mentorship. It's a journey to help Christians with a public platform, avoid burnout and find deeper fulfillment in their private lives. So if you're interested in that, you want to hear more, just go to wadejoy.com forward slash the joyful leader, or check the link in the show notes or the YouTube description. You can find out all the information there. I'd love to have you be a part of that. All right. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you back here next week. Mm-hmm.